Mother by the one and only mother, RuPaul Andre Charles. So, now you're probably wondering why am I playing a RuPaul um, song, and that's because I think I said this last time, and I think I said this also in my first episode, I am a huge lover of drag, but not only drag, drag race. And I believe that everyone does drag in one way or another. Now, drag, typically, if you don't know what it is, it is, like, the basic terms is when a man dresses up like a woman and performs and does yada yada you. But in my opinion, a drag is not only a man that gets into makeup and a costume and then goes on the streets of New York City and performs at a club. No, no, no. Drag has all different forms, and I believe everyone does drag in one way or another. For example, my dad loves to play guitar. He loves music. Music is his drag. That's his passion. That's his love. I guess drag I use as an interchangeable thing for, like, a hobby or a passion. And just like how I love to dress up in funky outfits and, you know, post about it on social media. That's my drag. My drag is shopping and... No, that's that's not really my drag. My drag is really just, like, loving to get up into a funky outfit and prance around and walk on a runway. That is my drag. I don't know. My sister loves science. Science is her drag. She also does love drag race, too. Whatever it is. Sports can be your drag. I love sports. Sports gives me life. Sports gives me a passion. That could be your drag. So drag is not necessarily a cis male sport, but it's a lifestyle. That's how I look at drag. That's how I view drag. You could view it differently, but I believe that everyone in one way or another has a drag. So that was, again, Call Me Mother by RuPaul, and it is one of his most famous songs. My favorite song that RuPaul's done besides Call Me Mother. Well, I love Call Me Mother, and then I also love Read You, Wrote You, but not like the original Read You, Wrote You. I love Read You, Wrote You, like the one that they rewrote during All-Stars 2 with Alaska, excuse me, Roxy Andrews and Detox and Katya. I love that one. I know all the words, and I'm proud of it. When I went to DragCon, well, there's a viral video of Katya and and Trixie Mattel singing Read You, Wrote You, but Roxy Andrews' part, because I think everyone in the Drag Race community unanimously agrees that Roxy Andrews just did not deserve to make Final Four, but, you know, Velasca Talks had to be a thing. And Detox has said on numerous uh interviews and occasions that her biggest regret was sending Alyssa home instead of Roxy Andrews and she let Rolaska talks get in the way of someone else's dream and I honestly do value that and detox is one of my favorite drag queens as well as Alyssa Edwards so there's that Roxy Andrews no offense was horrible on all-stars I think she knew that and I think she didn't even see her being this far and if she would have won I think the whole drag race community would have stopped watching to be quite honest because that would have been the most unfair win of all time but you know there's that so there's that viral video of Trixie and Katya singing Roxy Andrews part and when I went to DragCon I saw Trixie and Katya do like an uh, a live panel of uh their YouTube web show which was by the way I peed my pants I'm pretty sure it was so funny and I, they were asking, they were up to the Q&A portion, and I was the last question, 
and I thought of some random basic question, maybe like, what was your favorite runway you did? Because they were both on, on uh, they were both on All Stars, but different times, and I was going to ask that, but then I think once they called on me, my brain just switched off, and I thought of this one question, and it was, can you please, um, can you please sing Roxy Andrews' part to read You Wrote You, and they looked at themselves, and I think the whole crowd also unanimously agreed that that was the best question I could have asked, because then the whole crowd just joined in and started singing it with them, and I kid you not, I was so proud of myself for thinking that, and then I met Katya literally like 15 minutes later, and she, I think, remembered me from that, so, you know, that's basically one of my proudest moments as a Drag Race superfan, and maybe I'll post that video. It's on my personal Instagram, but I should probably post it on the blog. Maybe I'll do that at some point. I don't know. If you want to hear it, please tweet me at Emily Samuel. Two ends at the end. Or you could comment on my recent. Or yeah, comment on my recent. Or even better, when you watch the episode, why don't you take a screenshot of you listening to the episode, tag me, and say please put "Read You Wrote You" by Katya and um, Trixie Mattel on. M time and maybe I'll do it maybe I'll not I'll probably do it if you ask because you all are my lovelies okay now we're gonna get into it so last season of drag race oh by the way this is a drag race themed episode so if you're not really a fan I understand but maybe you'll become one after this episode you know I don't know uh so season 11 let's talk for a second that was the worst season of drag race I think I could ever think of season one was pretty weak I never even watched it to be quite honest I've seen videos of it but those earlier episodes, like, I just can't take the filter. You know, I watched season four, I think, was the earliest season I've watched. I just, I cannot stand the filter. The filter just, like, really, really bothers me. You know, that, like, Vaseline over the camera. I don't even know what that was. But, you know, budget cuts. But now she's on top of the world. So I never watched it, but I've seen so many videos from each of the seasons to the point where I basically watched it. And I have to say, season 11 was worse than those videos. Well, first of all, those the show started in 2009, I'm pretty sure. And if I get my facts wrong, don't come for me, please. And there was, you know, I also, I'm a big stan of the Jersey Shore. And we've realized since that show was also around the same time period as this. I think it ended in like 2012 or something like that. And... You know, we've realized that reality TV then and reality TV now, if you think it's trashy now, like, whoa, like, back in the day, it would, they had way less boundaries than they do now. And if you think that the Housewives, like, go, pops off, like, those earlier seasons, like, girl, like, like, they, they, they really had no boundaries then. You know, like, we've, like, on the Jersey Shore, we've seen, like, fights escalate so 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 bad that we're just like how is this or they'll say something that you know you just cannot say and we'll just be like how is this allowed on tv but it was a different time you know the early 2000s versus 2020 it's a really really different time so with that being said the fights on drag race then versus the fights on drag race now are like woof like they are wowza you know, they are just, especially when you watch the uncensored versions of Drag Race, which is basically, if you're going to watch Drag Race, I mean, if you're not going to watch it live, that's the way to watch it. You can't watch it with all the bleeps. Like, I've seen season five so many times. I've seen it censored and uncensored, 
and the uncensored version, like, you don't get half of it, you know? Because it just, again, it was such a different time. Season 5 was, what, 2011 or something like that? And the uncensored version really just speaks, you know, volumes. So there's that. So season 11 really was weak. Also, season 10 was such a strong season. Even season 9 was so weak. I feel like every other season is really good. You know, season 4, I personally thought it was met, but, like, it, it was definitely the season that put everyone, put Drag Race on the map. By far, that season was the start of the the um, big fandom as the quality of the film, the film, the, is it filmography? Filmography? I have no idea. But that was definitely the start of when RuPaul was starting to make coin off of the show. In my opinion, you could kind of see it because... I think that was the first season I was in the workroom, too. No, it wasn't. No, it was not. But that was the first season that, like, the filter on it got a lot better. So, also, you had Sharon Needles, who was the winner of season four, and she really diversified drag because she was a punk drag queen, goth, ghoul. She was the first winner who wasn't, not, wasn't like a pageant girl wasn't a glam girl she was she spoke for all the weirdos and that's why I love Sharon Needles so much not only because she is Sharon Needles but she's also the drag mother of probably my all-time favorite if not all-time like second all-time favorite Aquaria I love Aquaria so 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 much ever since Meet the Queens I always knew that she was gonna win I called it I called it and I am beyond proud of myself that I did that I actually called a lot of them like, once I've watched them, because the first season that I watched live was season 10, but I would, like, rent the other seasons on, like, demand and stuff like that, or watch a lot. I watched a lot of Drag Race on illegal websites, because that's when I started loving it, was when they started to take it off on demand. So, with that being said, the first season that I've watched of Drag Race was season eight, and I called the top three ever since the the girls walked in the workroom. I knew it was going to be Naomi Smalls, Kim Chi, and Bob the Drag Queen. And at first, I loved them, but once I watched the season ten more times, I realized Kim Chi Kim, Kim Chi really lacked in the season. And I think that Bob um, Bob deserved to be at the top, even though I don't really love Bob. But that's because I didn't have a great meet and greet with her. I'll do a whole entire DragCon experience episode at another time and discuss when I met a lot of the queens because I have met most of the queens on my list that I've wanted to I mean the list keeps growing just because I also from drag race I've met other queens that aren't as popular who are probably queens that don't think that they'll try out for drag race now but then they will later in life so that's really cool DragCon's given me a really really cool experience and like, let me broaden my horizons about drag, and honestly, being there has taught me so much about the culture and how accepting it is, and it's great. You know, I'm a straight girl, but it's just amazing that this place creates a safe space for not only, you know, everyone feels welcome in there. You know, it's not just for LGBTQ people, but, and it's not just, it's not heavily like that. I bet people, when they think of DragCon, they think, of, like, gay pride flags everywhere, glitter everywhere, all these gay men and lesbian women all over the place. And it is, it is, 100% it is, but they don't make you feel like, oh, you're straight, you can't be here. They make you feel so welcome, and that's what's so great about DragCon. That's a big misconception that I hate, is that people think, oh, it's only for LGBTQ people. 
and it's really not. It's really a place for everyone. There's something for everyone there, and I believe that for sure. I mean, obviously, there's not something for, like, for example, if you're a boy in 11th grade who likes to play lacrosse and shotgun red and shotgun red bull and bud light obviously i don't think drag cons for you necessarily but for people who enjoy art and you know appreciate other people's crafts i think it's a good it does have a thing for everyone basically is what i'm saying but i'll try and stop babbling because this episode is not just about my drag con experiences and if i did it in this episode honestly this episode would be around two and a half hours because i've been an attendee of drag con for two years so, or ever since it started in New York, I've been an attendee. But this year, I sadly was not able to go because there was a, it was a little complicated story. I don't feel like rehashing it. But I'll definitely do a drag con experience if you would like me to. Because whenever I tell people I went, they're always interested to hear every story. And I'm like, well, sit down, girl, because I already don't tell short stories. So talking about drag con will be even longer because this episode's already gonna be a long one i'm sorry the oscar one was really long too but i mean if you don't listen to all of it i don't blame you i'm really freaking annoying and i can't shut up so there's that so i'm gonna start off with saying a couple of my favorite queens i think i've said them already sharon needles and aquaria and this is not in order i mean it kind of is in order but it's kind of not like towards the end it kind of get mixed up because it's hard to create your top three because it changes over time really like i love naomi smalls i but and justice for Naomi during All-Stars 4. Was that All-Stars 4 or All-Stars 5? That was All-Stars 4. And, um, you know, but everyone does something in life. And after Drag Race, every queen pitches in their hand and whatever they do. But it changes over time. You know, their interest changes over time. For example, you know, um... Like, Bianca Del Rio is just Bianca Del Rio. She stayed the same, but she kind of is, like, I feel like, I mean, I don't, it's bad, but I've stopped keeping up with them for a while just because I had no time now with this, and also there's just so much more, you know, there's just so much you could keep up with at a time that it's really difficult to, like, keep up with everyone, but, you know, yeah, I mean, everyone lends themselves a different show, and everyone after Drag Race, like, some people change, some people don't. You know, Aquaria not only has taken over the world, literally, but she is just doing everything. Same with Alyssa, but Alyssa, I think, has stayed more into, now that she has her reality TV show, Dancing Queen on Netflix, which I watched maybe ten times, because I love Dance Moms, and I love Alyssa Edwards, so when you combine Drag Race and Dance Moms, it's literally the best, that literally calls my name. Um, so this is in no particular order, but I love Aquaria. Ever since Meet the Queens, I said I love her, I love her, I love her. When I met her, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna end up saying, because I've met almost all the queens on this list, but... When I met Aquaria, I cried and she told me to stop crying. Like, I'm a baby, okay? And she fully said, wipe your, uh, wipe your tears, you're not crying, this is drag con. I love that girl. She comes across as not a good, like, not a nice person on the show, but in reality, like, it's so different. I mean, I love Acid Betty, too, and on the show, she's known as being a bitch, but in real life, like, wow, she's so nice, she takes time with every single person you know her line would be very long or very short at times because again she's now a part of like she's now 
an older queen technically of drag race because season eight was how many years ago that was like 2016 or 17 like that's a while ago that's three years there's been season eight to season 12 there's already been four seasons after her so she's more of kind of in the middle queens but i i mean i mean she's still popular she has a whole like makeup line thing i think and she took time with every person. You know, she would take time and talk to me. Like, I didn't feel, she made you feel rushed. She let you ask her all the questions you wanted. And that's what I love when I meet the queens. But enough with that. So, yeah, Aquaria, Alyssa. Oh, my God. I love Alyssa so much. She, just every single thing, she puts a smile on my face. My mom tells me that I remind her of Alyssa Edwards. Yes, my mom. I got her obsessed with Drag Race, too. Uh, my mom tells me that I remind her of Alyssa or Alyssa reminds her of me. And that's such a compliment because Alyssa just does Alyssa, you know. Uh, one of Fifi O'Hara's issues that she had with Alyssa was that the judges gave her quote unquote passes because she was Alyssa. Like Alyssa would bomb the challenge, not really do what she's meant to do. But then Carson Cressley will go, it's okay because you're Alyssa. And you know what? That's Alyssa's brand. Like, Violet, get off her ass. I mean, not Violet. Shoot, sorry. Did I say Violet? No, Fifi O'Hara. Sorry. I love a v- I love Violet Chachki. Oh, my God. She's taking over the world. Um, like, Fifi would yell, like, be mad at Alyssa because the judges would be like, it's okay because you're Alyssa. Like, give her the pass. But, like, that's Alyssa's brand. Like, messing up, not being able to talk just being loud and, you know, the whole goal of the show is to steal the spotlight and to just do it well and professionally. And Alyssa does that. You know, she grew a lot since season five. So with that being said, Fifi O'Hara is just a salty person because no one likes her because she is a close-minded orange drag queen. Like, period. I don't like Fifi O'Hara. And I'm happy I'm happy to say that. You know, she, like, RuPaul gave her a second chance. And... You know, she messed with two of my favorite queens. Like, you're obviously not going to be on my favorite list. Sorry, not sorry. So, with that being said, you know, I'm crazy. I'm kooky. I just talk 24-7. This episode's already, like, what, 20 minutes long? And I've even gotten to, like, the main subject of the, sh- of the episode. And that's okay, I guess, because I'm me. And I do me. And I don't care what anyone else thinks. If anyone thinks that the show's boring or whatever. I mean, of course, it hurts a little bit because I try my hardest. But, you know, I'm still going to produce stuff that's me. I'm not going to just do I mean obviously I do stuff that you guys want to hear too but if someone doesn't like that I talk so much that's on them I guess I don't know it's just this is me and if you don't like who I am sorry about it I guess but I'm just gonna continue doing myself and I don't really care you know and Alyssa does that too Alyssa didn't really care what Fifi had to say and Alyssa went farther. Alyssa sent home Fifi. I mean, come on. You can't really mess with Alyssa Edwards over here. But now, I also love Naomi Smalls. Naomi Smalls knows who I am in the world, and it is beyond ecstatic. I don't know if she remembers me or not. I met her at my first DragCon. Oh, my God, I love her. I'm going to end up telling DragCon stories anyways, but I'm going to try to speed it up. I love love Naomi. Legs, legs, what's on the menu? Everyone, I'm sorry, that TikTok song, legs, I know every word to it. I'm not mad about it at all and everyone thinks it's just a a tiktok song and no it is not it is a drag race song it was naomi's song that she used for the season eight season finale and i thought that she outdanced kimchi and bob the drag queen sorry about it um yeah i know all the words to legs i remember at camp we did this thing it was called egg day i don't know it was the dumbest thing ever everyone unanimously agrees but it was, I don't even know how to explain it. 
to be honest, but we had to make, like, a song about an egg, like, per bunk, you had to make a song about an egg, and we thought of doing, like, eggs, eggs, what's on the menu, and they needed me to, like, translate the song to, like, give them the lyrics so we could, like, change them, so I felt like my talents were here. Next up, we have Violet Chachki. I mean, girl, she's taken over the planet. Everyone knows Violet Chachki. Violet Chachki is on every girl's lips, every guy's lips, literally, and, um, you know, she's just living her life. She's living her dream. Her dream was to just be this high fashion model, and that's exactly who she is. She walks in Prada shows. She's the face of Prada last year. I'm pretty sure she did an ad for them. She was dressed up like Marilyn Monroe. I mean, ooh, whoops, I just banged my leg. Like, that's insane. I would kill to be like that. And the fact that she's doing it, it it's amazing. And it's also really cool that she stayed fresh because her season was season seven. And she came also from a really lackluster season. Like, that was not a good season. I mean, my mom likes that season, but I personally got bored because all the queens just... Like, a lot of the queens that RuPaul had on the show were not ready that season you know, Ginger Midge and Katya came, I mean, Katya was ready during that season, I felt, but then once I saw Katya literally, like, six months later on All Stars, you could just see the growth and be like, wow, she needed, you know, she needed that second chance. Jasmine Masters, I mean, she's the mean queen, but, like, she hasn't really done much, to be honest. She deserved to go home first in All Stars 4, no offense, but when she was on All Stars 4, to be honest, I was like, what did you do to prove yourself? Like, what did you really do to change it up? So, ooh, that was a hard P, and I loved it. But, yeah, I think Violet Chachki deserved to win. She was e- Her and Miss Fame were the two classiest of the bunch, I think. And Violet just really killed the game with her looks by far. I think Violet, you know, all the best for her because she's really killing it. I have so many... Instagram posts and things about Violet that I have saved on my phone because she inspires me personally because she came from nothing and she went on Drag Race 1. You know, she get, serves it all. She gives those looks. She gives everyone what they want. And she literally just took the world over. Everyone knows who Violet Chachki is, and I just am so inspired by her. Her and Aquaria, you know, I'm just so inspired. They went to the Met Gala. Both of them were invited separately. They both went... And that's so inspiring. You know, my biggest dream would be to be invited to the Met Gala. I, I li- that's my favorite fashion event of the year. Um, and I would honestly cry if I was invited. I'd feel not only so much validation, but it'd just be a dream because you're in a room with all these legends. And the Met Gala also, I think, is the most funky fashion event of the year that everyone really, you know, jumps out of the boundaries and pushes past them and wears whatever they want and dresses as crazy and wacky as possible you know at the um award shows you know everyone dresses cool you know they wear very classy beautiful gowns however it's not as out of the box and crazy as the mcgall is like i loved camp camp i would kill to be at that one because my whole style is camp you know over dramatic over exaggerated I'm gonna just look however I want this is the point that I've been trying to come across for if you think a few episodes is like the main theme is that like camp is about not about who you're wearing 
and how people receive it, it's about dressing from within and dressing how you want, dressing about, dressing as the fantasy that you want to live and you want to feel like. And that's really how it is. You know, camp, you dress, and I'm going to get into this at a different time, but for the time being, camp is about dressing not only from within also, but dressing however you want and not caring what anyone else thinks about it. You know, of course, at the Met Gala, everyone's going to look at these celebrities and be like, okay, this person was dressed well, this person wasn't, but, and this person stayed on theme and this one didn't. However, like, camp really is just about living your fantasy in the way that you want and dressing however you'd like. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So with that being said, Violet Chachki, you're just living it and you're just great, you know. My next favorite is Alaska. I mean, do I have to say farther? She's so on brand. She also is the type that doesn't give a crap about anything and about anyone. And that's really, 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 really just impressive. You know, her full name is Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 or 3000 from Planet Glamazon or Glamatron. I know it. I just I'm fumbling with it right now. And, you know, Alaska really, really just does Alaska. You know, she deserved to win. Katya also deserved to win. Detox, I love you so much you're on this list, but you did not deserve to win season four. You know, just do I have to go further? Alaska has a freaking album called Anus. I mean, I really don't need to go further. Alaska just does Alaska. Same with Katya. Same with all these queens is that they just do themselves. Katya is so inspiring. I mean, I don't, I, I don't even have words to describe Katya because I love her. Um, Cracker, or Miss Cracker, I love her so much. I love Review with the Jew. I've watched all her episodes millions and millions of times. I'm waiting for her to be on a all-star season because I love Miss Cracker. Miss Cracker, oh my god, I love her. Not only because she's literally the Jewish Barbie doll, but she is just so herself and so likable. And again, so inspiring. You know, she grew up on the streets of Harlem. Ooh, that was a, that was a, an H sound. You know, and her mom and her parents, they didn't live like classic families in the 90s and the 80s. Her mom was an artist, I'm pretty sure. And her, she would make Miss Cracker and her and her sister go out and find things on the street like garbage and then make it into something. They didn't have she didn't have a lot of money growing up at all. She had no money growing up. Sometimes she was telling everyone on Drag Race that like sometimes she would go to school with a lunchbox that's empty because the mom wanted them to fit in but they didn't have any food or they would buy like those canned goods where you don't really know what you're getting. And you, she literally said, you don't know if lunch is going to be food or a condiment. Like that's so inspiring that she built herself up. She met Bob, the drag queen, and now she's killing it. Also, she was in a Sombra ad for the Super Bowl with Kim Chi and Charlie D'Amelio. Sorry, not sorry, but Charlie did not deserve to be in that. I don't, I don't get the whole hype about her. No offense. We're going to get into that another time. Uh, detox, same thing there. Like, Detox, I feel, comes out as this harsh look queen, but when you hear more and more about her life, she hurts on the inside, and she's so inspiring that she, again, built herself up, and she is just, again, this high-fashion glamazon, and it's amazing. Another one of my favorites, she's not a drag queen, she's a transgender club kid. I love club kids. From Drag Race, I branched off and loved 
the underground scene and the reason why is because I love the art from it. The everyone that does that, I like to keep up with it. I have no interest in actually going to one of those parties, but I love to read about them and look at them online. And my favorite's Linux she, or Linux. I don't know how she pronounces it. And she was sadly falsely accused of something. She was taken to Rikers Island for no reason. Like if you literally ask me, Google her paper magazine interview with Linux about Rikers Island, Google it and you will cry because this, you know, New York underground club scene, it girl was freaking taken to Rikers Island for no reason. They, she even had like the wrong name tag on her. It wasn't even her name. And she tried telling people, but again, no one's gonna believe a criminal and it was really difficult. And I remember I was at DragCon and she was someone that I really wanted to meet because she'd been at DragCon in LA and stuff like that. So I was expecting her to be there. And I was like, wait, why is she not here? She's also best friends with Aquaria, best friends with Amanda Lepore. I look up to Amanda Lepore. I think she's amazing too, but she's not a drag queen. She's just kind of like, I don't even know how to describe Amanda Lepore. But I remember I was like, where is she? And then this article came out like a month later or so. And I was like, oh my God, like this was during DragCon, you know, whatever. It's, it's horrible. And I think she is so inspiring as well. She just does whatever she wants to. All these people, it's a common theme. They just do whatever they want. They don't care what anyone says. And I live by that. And I love that. But now enough blabbing. We're going to get into season 12 because I think you guys are over this and I think you guys are done with me blabbing and I'll blab on and blab on and blab on about um, the other queens that I love and my drag con experiences because they're pretty interesting and I, they're honestly, that's literally the weekend that I look forward to every year and when I can't go, it's the worst. You feel the most FOMO, but to be honest... This year, I'm glad that it kind of fell through low-key because I already met everyone that was going to be there that I was interested in meeting. There was no one there because a lot of the queens that I haven't met that I really want to live in California. So they don't and they're also like, for example, Violet Chachki in Alaska. I've never met them because they haven't been to um, well, Violet was at drag my first year drag con. But I didn't, I, that was when I was a baby DragCon fan. Like, I only watched season eight, so I only was going to meet season eight queens and some season nine queens because I knew some of them. Like, I wanted to meet Shangela, though, because I was a huge Dance Moms fan when I was younger. I still know. If you ask me what episode was this group dance in or, like, show me a costume or tell me about one fight or what the pyramid was from either seasons one or two, I could tell you. I was a huge, dedicated fan. I would watch Dance Moms on repeat. I literally watched it the other night, and I would, like, be like... It was the episode where... I think it was called Jill on Rampage, episode nine, season two, where the girls had to make their own costumes, and Jill threw the shoe, and she's like, I'll pack my bags and go home. Is that what you want? You know, like that one? And it's so funny. I literally just talked the whole entire episode. I'm like saying what they're saying because I know exactly what they're going to say next. So I really have no life and I'm so sorry about it, but not really because I kind of enjoy it. So finally, let's get into my season 12 opinions. It is season 12. It's been over a decade of drag race and it's beyond when you, as I said before, when you see the, the, like the, I don't want to say expansion, like lack of a better term, I guess a lack of a better term expansion of season one through season 12 it's crazy you know when season one came out I was like a baby still and now that it's just amazing it just amazes me period it amazes me and I'm so proud to see the big you know 
like whoosh, like the throwback to now and it grow as a like seeing it grow just from season eight to now is crazy. You know, they thought Drag Race, nothing can get better from there, and it just got even bigger the year after, and it keeps growing and growing and growing. Season 11 was the worst season of all time. Period. That's the end. I had a hard time, again, with being such a big Drag Race fan. I had such a hard time watching season 11 to the point where, like, I didn't even want to watch Drag Race anymore. I felt it was getting way too commercial, and it was way too social media e, and I felt that, yeah, commercial's better. Like, that's the best term I could come up with. It's just I felt it wasn't the real values of Drag Race and what it used to stand for before and then versus what it stands for now. I mean, granted, I do like earlier seasons better, not only for content-wise, but for, like, entertainment-wise. They had way more drama, which was really funny. And again, I love to see the glow-up between the, the queen then and the queen now. And now when you watch an All-Stars episode, like, with Naomi Smalls, I mean, Grant, she's, like, literally gives it all to me. I don't really love, you know, I didn't really see much of a transformation between now and then. You know, from seasons five to to All-Stars 2, you saw the makeup get better. You saw, that was also when Drag Race was starting to grow a lot faster, but with Naomi, okay, great, you did a bunch of world tours with Michelle Visage, and now everyone knows you, and you're this big legendary leg icon, which, granted, she is, I'd love to be her, but I didn't feel that there was much of a whoosh, like, there wasn't much of, like, that change. So that's my problem that I, I guess I have with now, is that it's just not the same, and it's way more commercial. The queens are way more polished now, which is good and bad, you know, when Alaska came on, and Detox, and all those earlier seasons, the queens were not polished. Like, you'd think, wow, they're polished. No, they were not. I'm trying to even think, for watching season five, who was polished and who was not. Because Jinx Monsoon was definitely not polished, you know? But over time, after, when you watch the first episode of the season to the last episode of the season, you do see the elevation and the elevated version of themselves. And I'm not saying that having polished queens on drag race is a bad thing you know for the first season it's not i'm really glad to see that people are really perfecting their craft before they go on and get even more critiques but i liked watching the transformation a lot i guess so there's that but season 11 none of those girls deserve to be on uh all stars and that's a fact i'm sorry it was the worst season of drag race i think i've ever watched in my life and i wanted to stop being a drag race fan honestly because as I said before, it was getting too commercial, and I just wasn't here for it. I didn't I didn't like how I felt like it was all for the money and not for the act. Like, I feel like the message was getting lost. I feel, you know, I f- love RuPaul so much. She, I look up to her, but I feel like now it's turning into more of a moneymaker than what it was beforehand. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know. So now let's get into season 12, because... From the Meet the Queens, I remember watching Meet the Queens upstairs in my living room for season 11, and I was bored. Like, I was like, I really hope the season gets better, because I remember Alexis, or no, uh, Vanessa Vangie Mateo was going to be on uh, season 11 again, because she just blew up after Drag Race, and... um And see, like, that's someone that I loved seeing the transformation from one season to the next, because... You know, she was 
first off, you know, and she had that huge Vanjie, Miss Vanjie, you know, exit, and she was all grand, so she left an impression, she left her footprint, and that's what Drag Race used to be like, is that you'd leave your footprint, and then RuPaul would ask you back. So then RuPaul asked her back for season 11, and honestly, I think she carried it on her back. I thought she, you saw a big transformation. She learned, she took that one episode, she dissected all the critiques and applied them to herself over a span of time, I mean, uh, a span of time, and then she went on and did whatever, you know, she did. And that's exactly what I like to see in Drag Race, is see that humongous improvement. Like, Naomi Smalls was, I think, did not, I, did, I mean, I could be wrong because I only watched All Stars uh, for once, but while watching it and looking back on it right now, the judges slept on her. I think she deserved to go way farther. And um, I don't remember what place she got into, actually. But I think she deserved more critiques. I feel like the judges didn't give her anything, really. I mean, at least that's what it looked like from the editing. And also, I just, you know, seeing that transformation from Vanjie season 10 to Vanjie season 11, I enjoyed seeing that personally. So, with that being said, let's get into season 12, because these Meet the Queens seemed so much better, and they were not as dry as last season's. So, Also, Silky Nutmeg Ganache, I'm sorry, no Tino Shade, she annoyed me so much, I had a hard time watching. And see, that's another thing. RuPaul, I understand, he keeps a lot of queens for TV, but you have to do that. When you have... I noticed this with America's Next Top Model. You know, you keep a lot of queens for TV purposes because they shake it up. You know, Silky Nutmeg Ganache was obviously the drama of the season. I think everyone unanimously didn't like her on the season. So, with that being said, you know, you have to keep that one girl for TV because it just keeps it interesting. I get that, 100%. But usually they let them go around, like, top six, top five, the latest. But she did not need to go to the end. She really bugged me, and I feel like RuPaul should have let Nina West go to the end. But Evie Oddly deserve, did deserve to win. I liked Brooklyn. I'm a huge fan of Brooklyn. I'm, I'm a dancer myself, and I do point, and it's amazing to see her do that. So I think Evie, though, deserved to win because, again, she let the, all the oddballs, you know, she really let people know there's more than one side of drag she reminded them that there's more than one side of drag and that is not glamour it's not just comedy it is the avant-gardeness and the club kids scene and it just was a good reminder because i feel that after sharing me needles everyone was like oh my god then there was D adore delano and they're like oh my god but and then there was dusty but dusty didn't give me that she also wasn't on for a very long time but i love dusty ray bottoms but she didn't give you know, what Sharon Needles did. She didn't give, like, that, or a Jordalano. She didn't give something that was super-duper different in the retrospect of the whole gothic kind of thing. You know, I'm not a big fan of Layla Queen either. She didn't leave an impression at all. She left the second. She was on the second uh, RuPaul sent home two, you know. She, RuPaul's only sent home two queens in one episode once, and that was once before, and that was in season five, and then she did in season eight, and everyone was like, wow, and I was like, both of them deserve to go home. Dax exclamation point can't stand her. And then Layla also, you know, I would love to see her on a on a uh, on an all-star season. I think having Layla McQueen on there, we only saw very little, and she blew up all over the internet. Doesn't she have like that web show? I don't know. My sister watches it. I don't. But I think I would love to see Layla McQueen on a 
All-Stars just to see where she's up to. But again, she like I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You know, RuPaul could ask a lot of these queens who deserve second chances, oh, do you want to be on the show again? And they could very well say no. For example, Pearl has definitely, we all know that's been like the scandal for the past freaking two years is that Pearl and RuPaul hate each other. Why did she make top three though? I don't know. And we're going to get into that at another time. I'm going to actually write that down and post it. It'd be like Drag Race scandals that just never been resolved or Drag Race tea. Drag Race fights slash arguments that haven't been resolved yeah because like that argument's still going on so yeah all right but i'm gonna finally get into season 12 and stop laughing because i think you all want to hear it and this episode's already over like an hour long so first we had no widow von d or yeah widow von d she's from kansas she's 30 i liked her she seemed pretty generic um, she seemed kind of like Silk. She kind of reminded me of Silky. Like, everyone during the Meet the Queens was like, oh my god, yes, Silky, like, we're living for you. I remember Cosmo Queens did, like, posted so many things about Silky Nutmeg Ganache, and then once she went on the show, everyone unanimously did not like her, because there's a difference between being Alyssa Edwards and, you know, stealing the spotlight, but, like, just being yourself. Like, she was over the top. Kind of, like, it kind of reminded me of a try-hard you know, you tried to be the scene stealer, but you're, like, everyone could tell you're trying. Alyssa just was being Alyssa, so that was my opinion, and, um, she, she seems chill, you know, I like the vibes, she, I feel like, likes to just be herself and doesn't hold back, I appreciate that, I don't like the ones that are also the fakers either, you know, when Ben De La Creme, you know, I love Ben De La Creme, but when she was like, I'm going home instead and keeping up with her, um, with her miscongeniality vibes, like, it's the show. You signed up for it. You knew what you were in for. You knew that they were going to do the lipsticks again. I mean, I think everyone hoped that they wouldn't because of how All Stars 2 got so screwed up when Detox sent home, Rox- I mean, sent home Alyssa Edwards and when she should have sent home Roxy Andrews. I think everyone wanted RuPaul to pick again. But, you know, it's like, you know what you're getting yourself into. It just looks bad if you go home yourself. So, I like that. She doesn't hold back. She's very confident, but not too confident. I thought her voice was soothing, to be quite honest. Uh, I don't know. She's kind of in the middle for me. I could see her going home in, like, the middle of the season, but I don't see her as being, like, a front runner. So, that's basically my opinion. I don't really remember her that much, and I just watched it about two hours ago. So, I guess that. But the next was Sherry Pie. Oh my god, I loved her. She was so cute. I literally, all I have of my notes for her was cute, 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 fun, fun, fun in the sun. And she's from NYC, baby! Which we love. You know, I always root for New York City queens. I cannot wait till there's like a top four New York City queen. Um, New York City, you know, all the queens are from New York City because that's what we need in our life is we need New York City queens to be the winner. New York has won the most, I think. Yeah, there was years where it was consecutively New York, I feel. You know, season eight was New York, season nine was New York, season 10 was New York. Yeah, Bob the Drag Queen was New York, Sasha was Brooklyn, New York, and Aquaria was New York. So, or New, Aquaria was from Philadelphia originally, but she was playing from New York. If, she was playing representing New York, if that makes sense. So, you know, 
Of course, I'm going to root for Sherry Pie. I think New York has some of the best drag queens, and I think everyone knows that. You know, people think that, oh, California does. No, 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 no. New York has the best drag queens that start. Then all the drag queens that get famous, they then move to California. You know, that's the big misconception that drives me insane. But Sherry Pie really reminded me of Nina West. I was I was honestly surprised Nina West wasn't, she didn't mention Nina West at all in her Meet the Queens interview because she reminded me so much that I'm surprised that they definitely know each other. They have to know each other. They, she's literally like Nina West's little sister. I'm surprised she's not Nina West's uh, drag daughter, to be quite honest. She just reminded me so much of her. But she's a comedy queen and a vintage queen. We love those. But from Jinx Monsoon, we know that vintage can sometimes, that message can get, you know, vintage still means polished porcelain doll. It doesn't necessarily mean ugly, and it doesn't necessarily mean too old. So Sherry seems like she's going to give you vintage references, but she's still going to try and put it into that 2020 vibe. And she, and I quote, said she's a class of camp and glamour and gay. She does a little bit of of classic camp, a little bit of glamour, and a little bit of gay culture. And I feel that's so cute. I love campy queens, but I don't like when they're too basic and too campy. I don't like when a queen is predictable. I like to see variety, and I feel like she's really going to give it to us. I could see Sherry Pie being a top five, top six kind of girl. You know, Nina West got kicked off when really she really shouldn't have, so you never know what's going to happen this season, folks. But she's definitely going to be a front runner for Miss Congeniality by far. She gives me those vibes that she's never, she's going to have a mean bone in her body. She's definitely going to be like Nina West's, they're definitely, they're definitely, they're so much like each other. I'm just like crazy. But she's definitely going to be one of my favorites. She's, her name is Sherry Pie. I mean, Sherry, she described, was the, like, vintage, you know, Sherry, Sherry, baby, you know, like, that one, that song, it's a very vintage name, and, you know, Cherry, Sherry, haha. and then Pie, she said, because she's a little bit of everything, and I totally agree, Pie is one of my favorite desserts, and you get every little thing you want out of it, you get the pastry with the crust, then you get that fruity, you know, sweet middle, or tart, you could get a tart, you know, pie comes in also totally, di- so like so many different flavors and stuff like that. And then you get that ice cream on top and you know, get that warm pie, but that cold ice cream. It just gives you everything. And I have a feeling she's going to do the exact same for us. So she's definitely going to be a front runner and she just gives me those warm and fuzzy feelings and she just gives it all to me. I'm really rooting for Cherry Pie yeah, at the moment and I'm really excited to see what she pulls out. Um, next we have Rock M. Sakura from San Francisco. She's 28 years old. Uh, her signature makeup look seems like her nose contour. I thought it was distracting during her interview, but then I looked on her Instagram and saw that she always does that nose type of con- that type of nose contour. And I like that she keeps it with her signature, but sometimes it's a little much. Like I saw it on some of her. I looked on her Instagram and I saw that she does it on some of all of her looks, obviously, but some of them are a little bit more relaxed than others with the nose contour. But she still keeps it cohesive and does the the signature look which I like but for this specific makeup look that she was going for I felt that it was too much but that could just be just me and I'm very picky she kind of was boring you know I I really don't have much to say for her because she was very boring she's probably gonna be like exactly like Soju I think she's gonna give us those vibes I mean I was rooting for Soju I wanted her I wanted more of her because I liked kimchi but I didn't I don't um, I think she's going to stir up drama. I think she's definitely going to 
stir up drama for like the first few episodes. She seems a little confident in herself, but like too confident. I'm just not getting, you know, those warm and fuzzy vibes that I got from Sherry. And she's definitely going to go home, like, one to fourth. You know, she's definitely going to be, like, the first or the fourth one to go home in that time slot. She's not making it to top. She's not making it to top at all. She's definitely not making it to the middle of the season. She's definitely going to be one of the first home. And she also kept talking about how she's going to be a part of the drama. And to be honest, some of the queens are there to get exposure, which is great. And I totally agree with them that this is such a good platform because they say once you make it on Drag Race, you made it. You know, Chi-Chi Devane turned her life around on Drag Race. You know, she was in debt. She talked about being in debt a lot of her season, and she was like, I'm mostly here to be America's Next Drag Superstar, but the money is definitely something that I have to keep in the back of my head that I need. And Drag Race turned her around. You know, that's the beauty of Drag Race is that once you're on Drag Race, you'll get so many more bookings. It's such good exposure. It's hard exposure, but it's it's so good. And I feel that queens that are there for that reason to elevate themselves and to prove to the world that they are worth it, they are good enough, and also to help themselves financially and just better their life, I agree with that 100%. But I don't believe in those people that are there for just TV like Silky Nut Meganosh. I really didn't like Silky. I really didn't. And you can come for me all you want, but I really didn't. And I know tons of other people that 100% agree with me that they did not like Silky. So she, and I quote, said, she literally talked about her position in arguments and, like, talked about how, like, the drama and all that. And I have a feeling she's going to be like, I'm the greatest. I'm cool. I'm this anime fantasy want. But, and, like, I bet she thinks overconfidently of herself. And I don't, I'm not here for it. So, she's going home soon. She's going home. The, the latest she's going to stay is, like, the fourth episode. That's my my thing. And, to be honest, I think I deserve, um, I think I deserve credit when credit's due. And if that happens where she goes home, either the first episode, second episode, third episode, or fourth episode, please tweet me and be like, Emily, you were right. M-Time, you were correct. And I will tweet all over that Twitter and comment all over that Instagram on my Instagram you will see a blow up of I told you so I told you so I told you so because I honestly have pretty good I feel like I have pretty good vibes when it comes to people's positions on Drag Race uh next we have Nikki Dahl she was from France and now she's an NYC queen so she's playing for France and NYC and she's definitely a fashion queen she literally just kept talking about fashion she gave me all the references I need and especially for being such uh, like, for especially for being a big fashionista and being such a big, you know, fashion influencer. I mean, I'm not the big fashion influencer, but being so into that type of stuff, like Violet Chotsky, I'm really excited to see what she shows us. I mean, I liked Aquarius Meet the Queen's look better as well as Violet Chotsky. I felt that hers was kind of lacking. It was a little basic for that little French girl vibe. But she gave me all the references I need, so I'm excited to see her on the runway. She's definitely going to live up to fashion, but I see her being, like, um, not that... I don't think she's going to make that far. I mean, she could either make it really far, or she's going to be out, like, in the beginning of the middle. Because she gave me weak energy, and also the language barrier. It We've seen it. I forget her name. I feel like her name was Nasha Or Lanesha. That's her name. Lanesha Sparks on season five. She was Puerto Rican, and she had such a thick Puerto Rican accent, and she didn't know that much English, and especially for being on the show where you do so many lip sync challenges, and you do so many um, comedy challenges, and so many acting challenges where you have to talk, you know, 
there's only so many design challenges and fashion challenges, sadly. And, you know, a big part of Drag Race is the acting challenges, which I personally am not a huge fan of. I like when they do those live comedy shows. Those are nice because I like to see when the like crowd. But, like, I hate when they do those skits. I think they're so dumb. But that's just me. Some people really like them. There's barely any few skits that I really, really like. There's a few that I like. Like, I liked Empire. That one was good. Drag Empire. But from season eight, but you never know. Her English seemed pretty well. I mean, pretty good. But again, she has such a thick French accent that it could really get in the way. It could really hurt her or help her. So for that reason, I'm interested to see what she has. I'm keeping my eye on her. She says that she's going to be a triple threat. I don't know if I believe it for sure, but I feel that she's either going to give us like how Lanesha Sparks was, which she was so kind of, she was strong, I mean, I never thought she was a winner. You know how you look at some queens and you're like, you're for sure not winning? That's I don't think that about this one, but that's how I feel about Rockem Sakura. I definitely don't think that she's going to be a winner or make it far. But Nikki Doll, she's either going to give us... She's either going to hold back or she's going to come from under. You know, that's how people think Cameron Michaels was, and I really didn't like Cameron Michaels. I mean, Cameron Michaels has some big stands. But I really didn't like Cameron Michaels. And I'll get into that because there was one queen that did remind me of Cameron Michaels a little bit. And I have that as a note. But next, we have one of my favorites for the season. Jan, or also known as Jansport NYC on Instagram. And I've met Jansport. Or I'm going to call her Jansport just because I know her f- by that name. But her real name's Jan, so I'm sorry. But it's just going to come out that way just because I know her as Jansport. I was a fan of hers when she was Jansport. And she's definitely going to be the one to be. I mean, she's a winner. She, I definitely think that she's going to be making it a top three. There's no way she's not. And she did talk about how, and her and Britta Filter, I've met Britta too, and we'll get into that, but they both have so much pressure on them, I think, not only because they are really good at what they do, and I've seen them in person. I mean, yeah, I'm adding the pressure. No, I'm not. But they have such a big following on Instagram already, and that can either hurt them or not because everyone's expecting so much from them. They're already known in the world. You know, Britta and Jansport, I'm pretty sure, were both verified before they were called on Drag Race. So for that reason, they have so much pressure on them because everyone's expecting expecting success. Same with Ariel Versace. Ariel Versace was verified before um, being on Drag Race, and... I think that Ariel honestly didn't make it as far as she should have. She had a lot more in her. I also met her in person before. But, again, with having such a big following, you also could kind of feel like, oh, you know, shit, people are really, really, really expecting so much of me. You know, RuPaul could think so much. I mean, RuPaul already has such a big expectation for most of these girls. I'm pretty sure he should. But... You know, with being so famous online, I feel that that could get in your way a little bit. Like, Aquaria was so famous, already famous, and but she, the problem was she was known for her looks. You know, is Jansport going to be known only from singing and looks? You never know. So, I thought it was interesting, though, because she, I didn't know this before, she used to be a Kris Jenner impersonator. I mean, I love Kris Jenner. I love the Kardashians. I love watching the show. I think it's so dumb, but I just wish I was a Kardashian low-key. So, with that being said, I just, you know, I thought that was fun. And her drag mother, Alexis Michelle, I thought was so boring on her season. She definitely made it way too far. The best, the her highlight of Alexis Michelle's season, season nine, was when she was Kris Jenner. And I felt that she deserved to win that challenge. I think she won that challenge. 
But after that, she deserved to go home by far. You know, she just was not giving me everything. She was an older queen, which I don't typecast. I don't care if you're older or not. But I think that she definitely was out of her league in the sense that she didn't really come prepared with anything. I think she had a hard time sewing, too. Was she one of those queens? I don't even remember her. That's how memorable she was. And I have a good memory. Um, what else about Janice Boy? I have so much written down for her. Uh, she, I've seen her in person a lot. I've seen her perform at DragCon, and I've met her a few times as well as seen her. So I know what she's capable of. So if she re- if she gives them what she gives NYC, she's a front runner by far. I think everyone knows that she's a front runner. And also, I was so bored after seeing Rockham Sakura and Nikki Doll that after seeing her. You know, she w- I watched her right after I saw those two, and those two were kind of boring. So then after seeing them, and then now uh, Jan, like, I was like, oh, my God, it's a breath of fresh air. She's definitely going to be entertaining. She's definitely going to give me everything. She's a triple threat. She could dance. She could sing. She definitely gives the looks. She could paint. She could sew, you know. She could act. She could be funny. So she's definitely going to be a front runner, and I wouldn't be surprised if she wins, to be honest. I wouldn't be bad about it. I love her. Uh, Jan Spore, if you remember me, I'd be crying right now but yeah watch out for Jansport and I think I wonder how the queens react when she walks in I don't know I don't again you don't know the order until um the queens walk in but I wonder if she's first or in the middle because she's in the middle a lot of the queens know her again New York City has the strongest queens by far we New York has won most of drag race I think we've won I think I once counted it and I'm pretty sure we won half of the seasons you know i don't i don't think evie was from new york though but you know we won season eight we won season six we won um season nine ten probably missing uh, sharon needles was new york too right no she was pennsylvania i think bb's a harbinet was not new york either i'll 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 figure it out but we did win a lot of the seasons we won more than any other city or country so for that reason that everyone should be scared whenever they hear that there's an nyc queen because we will bring it we will turn it out next we have jada essence ball hall yeah hall she's from milwaukee she's 32 oh jan sports 26 and she's also from nyc if you didn't catch that before uh Right from the start, I could tell she was a pageant queen. And then at least a minute later, she was like, I'm from the pageant scene. And I was like, I called it. She's definitely going to be like Coco Montrese, stirring up the pot. Uh, and then being like, I didn't do anything. You know, I'm not a big Coco Montrese fan either. Because I, again, stan Alyssa Edwards. So there's that. She definitely seems like the type that's going to ride on comedy queens being like, where's the glamour, honey? Where's the glamour? You know, I just, I don't get good vibes from her. She already said she can't sew. Like, that's going to be her problem. Or, no, she didn't say that. I'm calling it. She's definitely going to be one of those girls that's like, I can't sew. And those girls get me so mad. Because when you know, especially at this point in time, I'll give seasons one through maybe five the pass. But, like, once season, because five was the last season to have, like, the worst camera quality. But, like, once season six hit, if you didn't know how to sew, you know there's sewing challenges coming through. And you also know that there's going to be that unconventional material challenge coming through. If I even think for a second in my mind that I want to try out for Drag Race, I'm going to sign up for sewing lessons. Especially if you live in New York City. 
you know, there should be no excuse for you because Mood Fabrics offers free sewing lessons and workshops, so there really is no excuse for you to not know how to make something. I mean, I bet I can make something, and I can't even sew a dress. I've tried. I really can't. It's really hard. It's actually really not that hard. I just never had instruction to do it. So with that being said, there's so many, even DIYs on YouTube. You know, the internet is your friend when you sign up to be on Drag Race. Learn how to use a hot glue gun and turn out an outfit. I guarantee there are so many tutorials when you look up how to make a glue gun, how to make a glue outfit, you know, like something like that. How to use a glue gun to make a dress. Something simple like that. I also believe you should know how to sew. I mean, not sew. You should learn how to, you should take a couple dance lessons too. I mean, again, you know what to expect at this point. You know, I mean, everyone says, oh, you don't really know what to expect, but you know that there are some of those staple challenges. You know there are those acting challenges. I mean, acting, you have it or you don't. Singing, you have it or you don't. Dancing, dancing, here's the thing. I've been dancing all my life, so I can't really talk. But if you're, you should know how to, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like you have it or you don't, but you could sign up for some dance classes. But if you want to really apply yourself to Drag Race and do the best you can, if you have a thought of going on Drag Race, you know you're going to have to sew. You know you're going to have to whip out a garment out of your ass. You know you're going to have to do some of this stuff that it's just beyond me that some queens just walk in and they're like, I don't know how to sew. I don't know how to make an outfit. Like, girl, you've been, if this is season 12, you know you're going to have to sew. So I feel like she's going to definitely be one of those. I don't really like her. I honestly don't get good vibes. But again, I could be really, you know, this is the problem. You don't judge a book by its cover because sometimes you could really like, uh, you could really, really like someone in the end that you didn't like before. I mean, I never liked Roxy Andrews, so... I mean, I didn't judge a book by that cover, but you never know with these seasons. I could end up really liking this queen, but I'm being so harsh now. But let's get on to it. So next we have Jackie Cox from New York City. Yay! She's 34. Uh, so she's a musical theater queen. She seems like an older queen. She paints like an older queen. And she's she describes herself as like the campy fun aunt. And she's a vintage queen. Okay, this is exactly... Okay, this is where we're going to get on that sewing rant one more time. Uh, she says she's not really a sewer, and she's nervous for when she has to do avant-garde makeup. Almost every makeup queen, even on Drag Race, now on VH1, they have, like, tutorials where some of... The, like, I remember even Aquara did a tutorial for her um, oil spill mermaid look. Like, learn... There, the internet is your best friend. There is no excuse at this day and age that you can't learn how to do crazy cool makeup, apply, uh, add eyelashes, you know, learn to do someone else's makeup. That's another one of my pet peeves. It's like some of the queens are like, oh, I don't know how to do someone else's makeup. I guarantee you have a friend that you could be call up and be like, hey, can I learn how to do your makeup so I could help someone else maybe? You know, because of course, I don't think you're allowed to tell people you're going on Drag Race when you are told that you're going to be on Drag Race. So you can be like, hey, I need a, I want to find a drag daughter. Can I please learn how to do your makeup? You know, it doesn't have to be perfect those times, but just practicing it three times, you're already at an advantage over the dumb person that walked in and was like, I don't know how to sew. I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to do someone else's makeup. But literally this girl said, I'm nervous to, do her makeup's basic. She paints on what's there. I could tell. And, um, 
she's she's cutie. She's Iranian and Canadian, so I'm happy when there's a big diverse cast. I like when people represent. But my only complaint with this cast is there's no Jews. I don't know for that for sure, but they didn't say that they were Jewish, and I feel like usually they do. Like Miss Cracker, I mean, Miss Cracker also her whole brand is being that Jewish grandmother. But you know, she literally just said, "I'm not a sewer," and she's from New York City. There's no excuse for you. That's it. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. Alaska can't sew. Alaska literally could not sew, and she won a sewing challenge. If that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. Use a hot glue gun. Figure it out. Figure it out. Period. End all be all. But when you're from New York City and you don't know how to sew, that's ridiculous, and I give you no passes on that at all. On those challenges, I hope you go home when that girl's like, I don't know what to sew. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And they're just sitting there. Drives me saying, you're going home, sweetie. And in my mind, you're not a part of my favorite ones for the episode. But my disappointment is that she is not named after Courtney Cox from Friends. I don't mean, I don't even like her that much. And, but you know, Friends, I love Friends. So there's that. So yeah, she's a musical theater queen. I'm not a huge fan of musical theater, but that's for different reasons. And, um, you know, that could either hurt her or I think that'll help her in the lip sync challenges. Like when they do the rusicals, you know, it's always the musical theater queen. You know, they know how to put on the show, which is good. But other than that, the acting challenges, you may excel in more than maybe a pageant queen. But the sewing challenges, I really just, I really am hung up on that. That really bothers me. That really irks me. Like, you know you're going to be on Drag Race. Learn how to turn out a garment. My sister agrees with me. Every single person I talk to about this one thing agrees with me 100%. But next, we have one of my favorite names, Heidi in the Closet. And I, if you say it fast, it's Heidi in the Closet. I love that. I love when a drag queen has a punny name. I need a drink of water. This episode's already over an hour can't get enough <clears throat> i love punny names i think the punny names are so fun because i hate when people's names are like typical names like jackie cox really cox is already a last name and jackie i mean that's every single white woman's name every single from the 50s let's be real here you know nurse jackie jackie O. I mean really so i love when there's puns like I, that's why i love sherry pie even more it's a pun you know i love um who else has one jansport well hers is now jan with an exclamation point wait why is that moving what the hell was that i don't know oh that was my book sorry so you know jansport i thought was so fun like jan sport i thought that was cool but you know i guess copyright and she just wanted to steer away from that but i'll give her the pass because i still love her but heidi in the class i just already love her because of the name i think it's so fun um, she's 24 and from North Carolina. She's a cutie. She's a country queen. She said, she says that she's done some pageants before. So I already knew that she was a soft, shy queen. She could either really turn the party or she's going to let everyone go in front of her. You know, sometimes with those shy queens is that they let everyone walk all over her and then they get screwed over in that one challenge and then they get sent home. It happens every single season where that one girl's like, I'll take one for the team, even though I, I know I can't do it. Like it's a competition learn how to do it and turn the party and i feel like she's gonna let everyone walk over her and that's my biggest fear um she said that she's a dancer queen that's heavily a performance queen that's nerve-wracking to me if you're heavily a performance queen and a pageant queen does that mean that you can't turn a comedy challenge can you not act can you sew you know 
that that really really doesn't make me feel good. There's a lot of performer queens, you know, the typical glamour, you know, lip sync queen, and that's also another misconception that I hate about drag is that drag isn't just about lip syncing. There's comedy queens, art queens, you know. Drag is so diverse nowadays, and I feel that the girls that still do those classic basic methods to try and get themselves known just drives me insane. I like the artistic ones. You know, again, I'm also a part of the social media age, so I enjoy looking at their Instagram page and seeing the cool makeups that they, the cool makeup looks that they turn out. But that's not really an art. You know, I like to see a performance comedy. I love lip syncs. I love watching people lip sync and perform. I think. That's my dad's favorite part of the show. It's a family show. Yes, we watch as much as he doesn't want anyone to know that. Sorry, Dad. You watch Drag Race. You enjoy it, even though he says that he doesn't. My sister and I will put it on while he's in the room, and he's like, ugh, really? And we're just like, yeah, and then he'll end up laughing. So, like, whatever. Um, so, with that being said, that, again, drag has so many different things, and that's the point that I keep going back to. But I do love lip sync, so I'll give it that. So, with the pageant queens, is that I'm also afraid that they judge the weird queens, which I love and I identify by. Like, Aquaria, she wasn't a pageant queen, you know. She definitely stirred the pot a lot, but at least she wasn't a pageant queen who just was like, you know, comedy is nothing. Comedy is trash, like Coco Montrese and Roxy Andrews has said about Jinx Monsoon. You know, that just, I don't like that. You know, everyone has their own drag, and everyone does it a different way. Drag has so many definitions, it's not even funny. So with that being said, there's that. I also loved her mug, Heidi in the Closet. I liked her mug. And I can't decide whether I like her or not, really. She was a cutie, but I don't know if there's a lot there. And as I said before, she seems like the type of queen that's going to let everyone walk over her. So that reason, I'm going to give her a chance, but it might not end well. Next, we have Gigi Goody, or Good, yeah, I think it's Goody, and she's 21, she's from LA, California. My problem with the 21-year-olds is that, first of all, I think that's the youngest age you could be on Drag Race, because they always drink in Untucked, and obviously, if you don't drink, you know, obviously, if you're not allowed to drink, you can't be on camera, so, like, drinking, so, with that being said, um, there's that. But they could be either really cocky or really not. I mean, Violet Chashi, I think, was 21 when she went on the show. Same with Aquaria. And those are two of my favorites, so you never know. But I liked her. She kind of seemed boring. Like, Aquaria, at least, you knew kind of who she was, you know. You knew that she thought that she was the best. I mean, Gigi Goody said that she, um, this is our first time trying out, I'm pretty sure. Um, I kind of liked what did I write? Oh, she was kind of humble at first, but then she was like, I'm really competitive, and that scares me, because if you're really competitive, you're usually not a nice, you're usually, you take, you know, very competitive, it's just, we've all seen those really competitive girls, and they play a really dirty game, and I don't really like that, so with that being said, that makes me scared, but I did like the fact that her mom makes all of her costumes, which I think is really cute and really fun. So, there's that. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on her because I don't really want to say too much because I'll be a hypocrite if I say, oh, my God, those 21-year-olds, I hate when there's 21-year-olds and stuff like that. But I, you know, it just that, that bothers me. So, with that being said, there's that. And then next we have Dana Sin, Diana Sin. I, I'm so sorry. I butcher all the names at some point. Uh, oh, Dahlia Sin, I think that was what it was. And her drag mother is... 
Aja. I love Aja. I think she's so fun. She's a great performer. I met her at DragCon a few times. So sweet. I met her not at her booth, too, which and she was actually gave me the time of day, which is really, really sweet of her. Um, Her face. Okay. Her and Ariel Versace, I feel like, could be, like, sisters or, like, sperm donor sisters. Like, they look very much alike, but they're not a part of the same family. Like, Aquaria and Miss Cracker, like, if they did their face right, they look the exact same. But with D- Diane, D- Dahlia, and Ariel, I think that they have the same face by far. She looked stoned, though, during her Meet the Queens. Like, she looked zooted. Not with her makeup look. Her makeup look was stunning. But she kind of just had, like, that, that, uh, like, that kind of, that was gross. Ew. Like, she kind of had that, like, mm, you know, like, that, like, kind of, like, I'm just here, bro. That, like, kind of face. Yeah, she had that. Um, she said, she kind of seems like she's going to play a dirty game. But for some reason, I like her, you know. I don't know if it's because I, well, first of all, during her reveal uh, runway, I did like the look. I did really enjoy her look for her reveal runway, which was really cool. It really showed off who she was. And, again, I love Aja, and I feel like Aja would never... I hated Aja on season nine. She was that young kid that thought that she was all that from Brooklyn, New York, and it turned out that she wasn't, and she knew she wasn't, and then that whole entire fight with Valentina happened, you know. I could recite it. We will do that at another time, though. And then it's season... And then All-Stars 3, you know, she snapped herself in place, and she polished a lot more... And she got better. And see, that's the transformation again. Another person that I love to see the transformation. Because I didn't like her on season 9 at all. But now I live for her. She needed that redemption. So, there's that. Also, she's so genuine as a person, too. It's, it's like, great. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to give her a chance. But she kind of does seem like that, like, I'm better than you kind of look. She's definitely going to stir up trouble. But I do like her aesthetic. So, I guess I'll give her a chance. Next up... We have Crystal Method. She's from Sprinkle, Missouri, and she's 28 years old. She says she's an oddball, and I'm here for it. You know, I wanted Evie Oddly to win. I said it since day one. I hope she wins, and she did, and I'm beyond happy. She's also one of those drag-on-a-dime queens where she will find trash or go to a thrift store or, you know, spending $13 on a look is expensive, for her and she's the type that like she looks expensive too like she looks like she gave it all i mean her accessories look cheap but you know accessories for if you like drag always look either really expensive or really cheap so there's that but you know what i'm here for it i'm always the type i love expensive things but i love looking expensive for five dollars you know i love going to tj maxx and mystique boutique and all of these like crappy stores and spending like $20 and then looking so expensive and people are like, oh my God, how much was that outfit? Because it looks like you are a million bucks. I love that. And I'm like, thank you. But it's actually five. Um, so I also like those queens because they turn out the most original content by far. Evie Oddly, I've never seen a queen like her. And again, they speak to all those quiet weirdos. And I love that. You know, they need to be heard too. Of course, I love the glitz and the glamour. But I like to see those people, you know, turn it out for not that much money. Because drag's expensive. I mean, the wigs alone. I looked into getting a wig for DragCon. And to get, like, a good lace front was at least 
$500. And I've been on Ariel Versace's live streams where she'd be like, $375 for this used wig. $375 for this used wig. I mean, the wigs alone are so expensive. But then there's the makeup. And the makeup already for myself. I, I don't even wear makeup, but I like to buy maybe an eyeshadow palette a year. And the makeup alone, a palette is like $50. And then on top of that, you have to get the concealer, and they go through that those tubes in like a week. I mean, they have to slather on that makeup, and a, a concealer could range from, I mean, if you buy it from Rite Aid, I mean, you could, but those don't always turn out the best, especially for a man who needs to have total coverage. You know, that could range from like, you're spending $70 a bottle, which you go through in like two days. Like, that's expensive. Like, drag is not a cheap sport so it just it takes a lot and then the costumes oh my god i mean unless you even if you make it you know i i bought fabric i know how to sew that, that's why i'd be a perfect candidate to be on drag race wink wink um like buying fabric alone a yard i remember i was looking for suede faux suede fake suede fake I didn't even know there was fake versus real. Suede isn't even... Suede is just suede. I didn't even know there was a real and a fake. So, I got faux suede. He was like, 32 a yard. I got half a yard for 16. I didn't need a whole yard. I was like, why am I going to buy that? But think about that. If you're dressing a man, think about how much... And especially to be in drag. I mean, think about how much material that's going to cost. The fabric alone could cost one... About... Can range from like $100 to 300 just on fat one piece of fabric then you have to buy the rhinestones which is like another fifty dollars i can't even count this in my brain drag is not cheap at all and then the shoes oh oh my god the shoes they're men they're men they're lucky if they fit into women's shoes of woman size 12 i mean some of these men have like four size 14 aja said it one time she's like a size 14 shoe size like they have to buy these shoes from special places and i have my drag comp booklet for from the first drag con in NYC, which was 2017, September. And honestly, I wish that they still did booklets, personally. I thought it was so much easier to, like, figure out what booth number everyone was. But whatever, you know, technology, I guess. And um, I remember seeing, like, the heels. Like, they would have high heel ads, you know, for drag queens. Because, again, drag con is, you know, they're going to vendor drag queen stuff. So... Like, I remember looking at an ad, and they were like, oh, you get this coupon, you get $100 off. If a brand's offering you $100 off, their product's got to be at least $300. Their cheapest one. I mean, hello. So, I love when people are on Conventional Queens getting to the point, because it's drag's expensive. Not only being a regular woman's expensive with, you know, tampons being like $15 to $20 a box. I mean, we're not even going to get into that discussion now, but... It's just, it's expensive, and I like when people, you know, you know, are like, oh, I'm going to try and use this piece of trash, and I'm going to make it into high fashion, because those are the people that always be on the watch, and every, those are the people that become those successful, in my opinion, because you learn something from it. All those queens that are like, drag on a dime, who's she, I can't do that, like, really? Really? Figure it out. Because those are the, because that's when it separates the basic queens to the creative queens. And I'm a creative one. I like the creative ones. So for that reason, I like Crystal Method. I'm, I'm excited to see what you turn out. I'm excited to see the runways. She says she's a club kid. I mean, hello, I love club kids. So there's that. So we're on our second to last queen, which you guys are probably, I'm sad about it, but you guys are probably happy because this has been over an hour of your time. 
And that is Britta Filter. I've met her before. I don't see. I've met Jan Sport before, but I don't have pictures with Jan Sport. But and all same with Asha because I just met them really fast, like on the street. But like Britta, I've met at DragCon for free. You know, some of these queens they charge so much coin. I mean, at Aquarius booth alone, I think I spent sixty dollars because you have usually the way that they do it is. I, so my first drag con, they had it like, oh, you have to buy a piece of merch. So then sometimes, like, for Bob the Drag Queen, I spent $5 because I just got, like, a little tiny thing and he signed it. But, you know, some of these merch stands, for example, Monet Exchange. I love Monet Exchange, but I wasn't going to go meet her at the time. Now I would. But I remember I spent $30 on Aquarius because they were like, I think she had them. I, don't th- I think she was just like, oh, buy a piece of merch and you can meet me. But... For the Vixen, I spent $25 at her station. I didn't even love the Vixen at the time. And I had to spend $25 to meet her. And that, I thought, was ridiculous. Same with Monet Exchange. She had a $30 minimum to meet her. Like, you could buy whatever merch you want, but if you spend $30, you can meet, then, you have a, then you can meet her and get a number. Like, I was like, really? Like, really? That's horrible. Like, if you're you're there, I understand. Dragon boots are so expensive to run, I've heard, just from the grapevine, that, because RuPaul, it's like you have to buy, like, you rent a booth, like, you rent a plot on the floor, and then uh, RuPaul doesn't charge cheap. I mean, we all know that. So then you have, and then you have to pay for, like, the set design and all that. So that isn't, it's not cheap to run a booth, but... You know, in the end, I'll be all drag cons about the fans meeting their idols and about meeting them. That's at least for me. So it just kind of pisses me off. So that's why I loved how Britta was just walking around. She was already a known drag queen when I met her. And I already had so much respect for her. And she was just making laps. Same with Mayhem. Mayhem Miller did not have a booth. She didn't have a booth. She just walked around. She didn't like what that stand for. She didn't like how people had to meet her like that and, you know, have to pay a lot of money to meet her. So, for that reason, I was so glad to meet Matt Hambler because it didn't cost me anything. Um, same with Alyssa Edwards. Alyssa Edwards was free, but she also partnered with the Free Life, I'm pretty sure. Like, she partnered with some charity or organization. But getting back to Britta, so I met her. She's so fun, so fresh. She was like, oh my god, let's do a boomerang, like, let's do this and all that. I loved her. She's so fun. And she's so genuine, too. And exactly how she was on Meet the Queens was exactly how I met her. She's also going to be a triple threat. I mean, I've seen so many videos of her. I've seen her perform live. So, for that reason being, she's definitely one to beat because, same with Jan. I mean, they're both the New York queens, and they're both experienced. They both have humongous fan bases. Like, I haven't heard of half of these people before, but I've heard of them, too, already. I mean, that's also because I've been to DragCon, and they're always at DragCon. They're from New York City, but, like... They have super big followings, like super big followings just from doing drag brunch and all this other stuff that the, and that they are definitely, they have a lot of pressure on them because the public is expecting great next. I'm expecting them too to make top two. I really am. I'll be really shocked if one of them goes home before then or like I'd be really shocked. And if they don't go home before then, then they're going to be like brought back, you know, as one of those like, oh, RuPaul comes back or it'd be like those double saves. So... You know, Britta is a triple threat already. I know that. She could sing. She could... Uh, no, she can't sing. I don't know if she can sing, actually. But she can act. She could dance. She could sew. Oh, my God. She, she's so good. She could do mug. I mean, I bet she could do, turn out a great makeover, too. You know? I just... She's totally compatible. And she could win. She, she's also so sweet that, like, 
she could win Miss Congeniality. Like, Jansport, I love her so much, but I could see, like, she's not running for Miss Congeniality. Like, I could see her doing something and, like, being, like, shady or whatever. Like, not shady, but, like, she'll definitely, like, make a joke and then someone will think it's not a joke and then, like, it'll cause a lot of drama. But Jansport, I can't, like, there's not a mean girl, a mean bone in that girl's body. I mean, I could be wrong, but I really can't get that. So, she's a trouble threat and... You know, she wasn't always going to audition. I remember I asked her, oh, my God, are you going to be on Drag Race season 11? Because I was expecting her to be on it. But then she was like, I don't want to do Drag Race. She tweeted it out. I don't want to do Drag Race. I don't want to do Drag Race. And then look at her. She tried out once and got on. You know, that's impressive, especially for someone who's well-respected. Sometimes RuPaul's like, oh, you don't need my help. But Britta, I'm so excited to see you win. I'm so excited to see you play. And I wish you the best. Thank you. Last one, we have Aiden Zane from Georgia, 29. Independent, I mean, quiet. I was kind of bored. I really don't have much to say about her. And I'm not even just saying that because I have to, like, start wrapping it up. But, no, I really didn't have that many notes. She seemed very independent and club kitty, so I liked that vibe about her. But she's definitely going to be like Ivy Winters, like, very quiet in the beginning and then punch out at the end, I feel. But, you know, this is a strong season. A lot of people even said in their Meet the Queens, like, this is a strong season. Like, I'm ready for it. Every season, I don't like how it's been so lately where it's like every other season's good. You know, like, season one was met, but then season two was good. Then season three, everyone doesn't remember. And then season four was good, but season five was also good. So I guess that pattern doesn't work. Season six, it would be, like, bad one episode, but then, like, good for, like, a next three and then bad for, like, another two. So, I don't know whether to call that a good season or a bad season. Season 7 was just a mess, but it was entertaining. Season 8 was great. That was, like, the first season I feel like there were, like, totally polished queens. That was a really strong season. Season 9, everyone just became best friends and it was boring. Season 10, I mean, that was a good season. That was my favorite season by far. And then season 11, I couldn't watch and I stopped liking Drag Race for a while because I was really that bad and disappointed with... The way that, I mean, again, I'm not a big Silky Nutmeg fan, but, like, she was definitely there for TV. She was definitely there to be on there just for the TV and, you know, be that dramatic person. And I don't like that, you know. I really don't like it. You're taking someone's spot that needs it, you know. And she's a New York City queen, too, I'm pretty sure. I even have been, I know people that go to, like, drag clubs and stuff like that. And I remember bumping into one of them at school, like, one of my friends that watches Drag Race. And she literally said, yeah, I was at... She's friends with Jansport, too, and Britta. And she was like, yeah, like, I went to a club last night, and then they all were just trash-talking Silky. And I was like, T. So, there's that. Honestly, I don't even know where Silky is at this point. No one talks about her at all. But I'm so excited to see how this is. So, if you want to watch Drag Race, tune in to VH1 on Friday. It comes out Friday, and I'm so excited and also you have to make sure you watch untucked untucked you have to watch it i know it's longer like it makes the episode so much longer the episodes are like two hours long of drag race they're like an hour and a half already and then untucked makes it so much longer too but i usually watch the episodes in two days i don't watch untucked and drag race all at the same time unless i watch like a day later but if you don't watch untucked you're not a true drag race fan because you literally are not getting you're literally not getting the full story, like, the whole, the theme song, well, not the theme song for Untucked, but, like, the whole, the, the whole tagline for Untucked is, like, if you don't watch Untucked, you're only getting half the story. Half the story's generous, like, you're not getting even one-eighth of the story, you know, so 
with that being said, you need to watch Untucked in order to really understand all the drama that's going on. And that's also where all the drama happens is really on Untucked. So that's when the claws come out, and I'm so beyond excited for Untucked. I'm so beyond excited for those runways, because the runways this season, I feel like are going to be so, so strong, and I'm so ready for it. So tune into VH1 on Friday. Really, Drag Race should sponsor me at this point. I, my, one of my dreams is to be, like, a stationary judge on Drag Race, or if I have to be a guest judge, to be on Snatch Game. But I really want to be, like, Carson Kressley or Ross Matthews. Or Michelle Visage, where you're, like, on Drag Race every single week because that's, like, my goal. Like, I love that. I love that so much. So, that's that. But tune into VH1 on Friday if you want to hear this. And I'm going to do episode recaps and all that. I'll make a separate portion of my episodes. But I'm so sorry this was so long and I didn't get to the point fast enough. I probably should have, but I did not. But are we surprised? No, we're not. And why am I apologizing? I don't know. So, there's that. And I cannot wait to see where this season is, and I cannot wait to meet all these queens at some point, whether it's at DragCon, at not at DragCon, I don't know. But I'm so excited for this season, I really hope it turns the party. Alright, I love you guys, and time's out, and don't forget, call me mother. Actually, please don't, just call me M-Time. And that's all that. Bye guys, don't forget to sissy that walk.